Welcome to We're All Gonna Die and Other Fun Facts, a semi-regular, occasionally amusing, and rarely funny series of conversations about a random topic. This episode is entitled, I Can't Believe It's Not a Digital Slumber Party. <laughs> and, and it is about both Digital Slumber Party and an album called I Can't Believe It's Not Better. And our guests for this episode are some folks who know something about both Digital Slumber Party and I Can't Believe It's Not Better. Uh, coming to us from Denver, Colorado, where the lack of uh, chronic lack of oxygen from the high altitude, you know, it also you, you got to it takes longer to make macaroni and cheese. And eventually, basically living in Denver is just like one long whippet. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm dizzy right now. Yes, yeah. that's right. So Anthony Kaffer and Amber Irish. Thank you. Welcome Hi. to Zoom. Hello. Thanks for having us. It's for thank to you Denver. so much. Yes. I am only 800 feet above sea level. Must be nice. It's 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 all right. I mean, it's you, you got to also think in terms of environmental apocalypse. Like, yeah, come on, see, yeah. fuck it, Let's do it. <laughs> do you don't need Miami. I'm good. You know, the sea is not coming for me in this house, and neither for you. So, no, we're good. Yeah, it is hard to breathe up here, though. Which yeah. is which is it, it took the me probably probably took me a year. Really? I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, it was rough. Wow. And, well, and there are so many people who come and visit out here and they're like, you know, they're like, I want to go on these beautiful hikes and I want to go to all of these breweries and they can't drink up here because of the altitude or they can't drink the same. And um, then, they, you know, they throw up <laughs> at like a thousand feet in the air because they're just so altitude sick so it's miserable for the first four days of their vacations usually whoa that's, that's real <laughs> <laughs> wow i did not wow I, that was just a joke but yeah so okay so you're doing a lifelong <laughs> with it <Yeah>. um <laughs> And also the admirable thing. Well, also, so you, you had COVID. Oh, yeah. Where there was no oxygen. Mm -hmm. I don't even need oxygen anymore at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I have evolved. That's great. <laughs> well, and also you've evolved, I mean, to being uh, a comedian and performing artist and all of that in a time where you, there's no people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess people are coming back. There's a totally sketchy, weird, bad punk show happening on Saturday <laughs> in a dive bar in this town. Oh, so I guess cool. nature is healed. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. The worst band in Pittsburgh is playing. Oh. <laughs> At Excuses on the South Side, which is also one of the worst bars in town. I don't think I know that one. Um, you don't need to. <laughs> you really don't need to actually no. their grilled wings are quite good if you're if you're into chicken wings their grilled mm. wings are quite good I, I like some wings um it is also a place that i think i know it more for acoustically the best place to hear a band is standing at the urinal in the men's room <laughs> it, there's something you're it faces where the performance is happening there's just something with the cinder block wall that just perfectly filters out the horrible tones of the room and the bad pa mm. Mm. So, <laughs> so i tell people if you actually like the band that's playing and you know your favorite song is coming up you got to go take a piss because you're not going <laughs> to enjoy it standing in the room but standing at the urinal it's a whole other the story. best. That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. They should make a club where it sounds better outside if you're if you're standing outside smoking, because that's yes. where most people are when when bands are playing. Yes. Yes. I think the rock room is getting close here in Pittsburgh, but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. Anyway. Enough about Pittsburgh dive bars, but yeah. So, so you're both doing creative projects, creative things for people in an era where we're not allowed to be people. Yeah. How's that working? How, uh, what, what, how did these things kind of evolve? Um, 
Well, I, I, I didn't know, I didn't think that it would be good at first. Um, but you know, I, it's been over a year. And so I, I think pre after a couple of weeks, I think I started doing stuff on, uh, like zoom and Facebook live and Instagram live and stuff like that. Um, and some of it is pretty terrible. I've done pretty bad zoom shows and it's kind of weird trying to do music or I didn't attempt really stand up on Facebook live or anything like that, but I would do like my funny songs or whatever. Cause you don't need to hear the laughter. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you just, as as time went on, my equipment got a little better and I, I sort of got the hang of it. And I was doing like some, um, I was doing a podcast and, and I sort of found an audience uh, that liked what I do. And so now <clears throat> since the beginning of this year, we've been doing uh, our, our talk show on Zoom and Twitch, uh, Digital Slumber Party. And so now we have like a... Uh, a group of regular audience members that come all the time and they hang out. And, um, so it really does feel like a, a party. And so the, the comedians and, and musical guests that we have, which you, you have, have been on. I've um, been on mutual friend. Guest. Shannon Norman has been on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, but everybody cut my hair, by the way, it looks he great. Cut, he cut yeah. mine the last time I cut mine. Looks great. Oh. To to uh, Shannon Norman original Shannon haircut yeah. <laughs> the Shannon yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah I don't know the the all the the guests have been enjoying the vibe uh, because I think people have gotten so used to not enjoying these kinds of virtual performances um, but it, it's been kind of fun it's nice to do it from the apartment and not have to travel <laughs> well and I think like. Um, Anthony had a, uh, you know, he was producing shows at a venue, like in-person shows pre-COVID. And then, um, you know, once we kind of moved to like a digital format, I found at least that a lot of those shows were not enjoyable from like an audience's perspective. Like it's, you know, I think it's interesting, like the difference between as an artist, do you feel like you've gotten the adequate amount of stage time versus like as an audience member, is this interesting? Is the whole thing interesting? Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, what Anthony was really trying to do was like trying to meld those two things really, really well. So I think a lot of our audience members for Digital Slumber Party enjoy it because they just get to interact with us a little bit more. Like we don't like close the curtain and we're not like, okay, you guys are you know, give us your money and we want to pretend like you don't exist while we just hold you captive for an hour and a half. Um, and so I think a lot of the feedback that we get from our guests is like, this is such a, it has such a cool vibe. It's just, it feels good. It, feel, it feels closer to live performance than other shows that they may have done. Um, so I think that's cool. I think Anthony worked really, really hard to like create that kind of environment, which doesn't just inherently exist in digital show world so yeah i'm kind of spoiled now when i do someone else's show yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's usually not as good our our, our audience is really fun yeah. and we and i think it has a little to do with the audience um or i'd say it has as much to do with the audience as it has to do with how good we are <laughs> because they kind of get it too like there's a there's a lot of these kinds of uh, zoom based shows where there's a lot of rules, you mm -hmm. know, they tell people, you know, how to just when, when they're allowed to talk if, if at all. And, and just, um, we, we don't encourage people to talk throughout the entire show, but it's sort of like in a real life show, somebody might yell something out and you just go with it and you try not to make it the whole show. But I think that they like, the fact that it's not as uh, rigid <laughs> as some of the other shows. Yeah, I'm I'm doing it's, it's a cool reading. I'm doing a, a reading next week uh, through Zoom. Um, oh, nice. And yeah, I got the email last week. 
on Friday of like, these are the rules. This is what we're doing. These people are being nice to it. I mean, literally there was a tone of like, these people are being nice to us. That's not a welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is like totally cool. And it's just like, okay, I got 13 minutes. Let me know. Like, okay, I got 13 minutes. Cool. I'm cool with it. You know, I think this is that, that terror of Zoom bombing. I mean, we had a reading yeah. on campus that actually oh. had, uh, actually, it was Disha Filia who won like the Penn Book Award and the other National wow. Book Award for her great book, Secret Lives of Church Ladies. Mm-hmm. which I, t- I used, I taught with for my students um, this spring, but during her reading, we had a, a racist Zoom bombing incident. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And they're also... Always, they're always racist Zoom bombing. I had one at yeah. one show early on in the, yeah. in the pandemic, and it, that's all it is. It's always some racist. Yeah. Don't understand. So I understand that, but also I think, yeah, I guess the other part of that is also thing. I just went through uh, a, a Zoom program at some university press was running like two weeks ago to pro- promote some of their books that I was interested in, and they were all they were all professors somewhere. They were all <laughs> academics, and it was it was you know late May 2021, and they still all did not know how to present on Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. still did not know. Yeah. They need like a second grader in the house who's been doing it for school for the last, you know, 11 months. And they're like, dad, I got it. Let me just share your screen this way. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I, I think it's just amazing. And yeah, digital slumber party is a lot of fun. And you're also on Twitch. Yes. Which is this new thing that didn't, did it exist before? Or was it just a gamer thing? Or I, I think you're the, you were the reason why I found out about Twitch. Yeah, I I never used it before, but I I remember hearing about it maybe in like 2018. Uh, I'm sure it existed before that, but but a lot of gamers really people were like, yeah, I get like 10,000 people watching me play games, and and then they people were like trying to figure out how to do something else with those viewers, but mm-hmm. it it was before everyone was like doing these virtual kinds of shows so definitely over the course of the last year it's it's become more than just a gaming kind of thing um but uh and it is also a sort of interactive platform i know from the show you know i guess i guess for people who don't you know it is a talk you do do sort of a a talk show format yeah, a little sort bit. Sort of thing. It's, the musical guest comes at the end. You have yeah. a succession of guests. Sort of Anthony, you are the Johnny Conan. <laughs> yeah. And Amber yeah. is the Ed McMahon. Andy Richter. Andy Richter, thank yeah. you for saving me. I think you saw the look on my face. I'm like, shit, the name's gone. Uh, Andy Richter, will you also, and, and Amber also, then you, you monitor the Twitch chat as well. Yeah, right? sometimes to, to include that interactive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we, um, you know, we try and um, give that audience an equal amount of attention. They're very fun. And um, it's just it is really neat. The, the guy who um, does the production for our show, his name is Jay. He manages the Comedy Hub, the Twitch like channel, and he is booked i mean back to back with all sorts of comedy shows i mean it's it's really cool he has figured out a way to utilize that platform and maximize it to an entirely different audience you know like you guys were saying it's my sister used to use it as a gaming platform so she would just get dressed up sit in front of a green screen like call of duty for six hours and men would send her money and like that's what would happen Wait a you minute. know men um, will, send, will they send me money not well maybe maybe they probably would they have actually we can also talk about the man on twitter who sent you money yeah (laughs) um but it is um you know it's just it's so inventive and i think the pandemic has been awful staying home for a lot of people in a lot of other ways has been awful but like just the the sort of ingenuity of, of artists you know they figure out a way to continue to seep into everybody's life and they figure out a way to make it as easy as possible for people to be exposed to them so 
Um, and, you know, I think it's really cool. People like Jay are awesome and he cares a lot about giving other artists a platform, which like, I think as an artist, I always forget that I need those kinds of people, you know, because yeah. I can't just be like, I'm just screaming words into the void. Why is nobody listening? And then Jay's like, I can tell you why you're not streaming anymore. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. So, and it also for me is I, one of the things I do love about the show, you know, the couple times I've caught it is that it is, you know, it is that talk show format. And I have not, I mean, I think the last talk show I was really into, I got to say, was like when Letterman was still on NBC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I watched I a week of him when he moved to CBS and I was like, he's not as angry anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was I, it. I loved his CBS show too, though. Yeah, I just it, it, it lost something for me. It was, you know, I don't know. I, I I try not to also have that hipster impulse, though. I know that's in my like. I saw it when it was real. And punks are like this too. Yeah, I yeah. saw it when it was real, man. You don't know. <laughs> you weren't there. You know, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's in my brain a lot. Yeah, yeah being an okay. academic will also add that to your you don't you don't really get it and being better than people uh, yes that's, also that's important yes, yes. yes. team needs are important <laughs> <laughs> abraham maslow taught me anything <laughs> it is guess, important to be better than other people yeah. but still belong to an exclusive community <laughs> mm-hmm. i guess i liked i mean i i was probably too young when letterman was on NBC, but I liked when he was on CBS because I always watched him instead of Jay Leno, and then I loved Conan O'Brien, who came mm-hmm. on uh, on NBC, but after Letterman's show. So I got to watch both, and I loved both. Yes. Yeah, I guess for me it was it was the summertime treat, and it was the Friday night treat. Yeah, that was what I was allowed to enjoy. As Letterman was, <laughs> it was also there was a scarcity and a rarity, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know three of the 14 people who were there when Neutral Milk Hotel played Pittsburgh <laughs> in in support of in the airplane over the sea. And actually, two of them said the show sucked. Really? Yes. Wow. Two of them said wow. it was awful. And Did honest enough tight? to say it was awful. Wow. Yeah. Was it awful? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> the album is great, though. That album is great. That album is wonderful. And maybe the world just wasn't ready for it yet. So what goes into talking about production or what goes into kind of hosting a Twitch Zoom talk show? <laughs> um, how, how, is the, how does that sausage get made? Well, I try to do the least amount of preparation uh, that I can get away with. <laughs> so... Uh, a lot of the guests get booked last minute. Uh, I, I go back and forth. There, there was a, a point where I was writing monologue jokes, you know, kind of, well, a lot of them come from, from my tweets. And so if yes. I was tweeting a lot of political or topical stuff, I would throw that in there. Um, but as I started finishing up, my album it started to be more of that kind of thing like playing playing songs from from that or or doing less topical jokes uh that are new uh but but that's sort of what what i work the hardest on i think is is kicking it off in a fun way uh i mean partially selfishly because it's my time to do my thing but also it's the it's getting the the audience warmed up, so I don't want it to be lame, because then, you know, if we have 150 people watching on Twitch or whatever we have, uh, and I suck, then we might only have like 40 people. So <laughs> that's my fear. So I try to, I try to kick it off in a fun way that gets everyone kind of ready for the rest of it. Which I guess actually I want to ask that question because I I know you mentioned that you were on someone else's show. Mm-hmm. And track one of the new album is "Let's All Worship <laughs> Satan," and you mentioned that 
And like, what does it mean also to then have, I guess, I don't know if you're in a room and you're dying, <laughs> like, do you have just those hot, bright lights in your face? And you just like, if people are just starting to leave, like, unless you hear like the jacket zipping up between jokes when you're pausing for, for, for laughter, you, you know, as much as opposed to, I guess this, you know, I'm, we're doing this on zoom. There are three participants. Yeah. Which is the right number. It's it's that's a good number yeah. for for the, you know for a, a podcast it's, yes. it's perfect, um, but if you know that yeah it's just like, you're just turning it off. It's like it's I tough. mean you know is that weird or? <laughs> yeah, it it can feel weird because, I you know I'll get asked to do s- s- Zoom shows or whatever, and I don't always know how they uh, approach it, so. Some shows, they do it kind of like how we do it, where they have an audience in Zoom and they're unmuted and stuff like that. Some shows stream somewhere else, whether it's Twitch or it's Facebook Live or YouTube or something like that. And some of them don't have any audience in the Zoom or they'll have them all muted on purpose. Like they'll tell them Mm. to make sure they're muted and their cameras are off or whatever. And it's like, you know, that that's not ideal. Yeah, And so that was sort of the, this show that I was doing last week was one of those where it was just the other uh, performers that were in the zoom. Mm-hmm. So um, it was two guys hosting and they had like a couple of guests. I, I caught like the first couple of guests before me and uh, nobody was smiling or laughing <laughs> The, the hosts looked very serious. The the woman that did an interview like right before my set, uh, <laughs> she wasn't smiling. And halfway through my my song, Let's All Worship Satan, she just turned her camera off. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess. And she never came back. So I was like, okay, I guess, I guess it's not going over well. But all I could do is, ho- you know, hope that I was sounding good and it just was because I opened with that song, so I was like, ah, maybe I shouldn't have opened with it. <laughs> yeah, you should open with "I Want to Kill You in My Dreams." I think that's, that's, that's a little a bit song. more of a soft runway. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's it's a pretty dark uh, album comedically and um, sonically, I guess. <clears throat> so there's a lot of stuff that people might get weirded out by. Yeah, which I think, though, I mean, is that such a big part of your comedy, you know, as I've been following you or since, um, you know, another mutual friend, Chris Q. Murphy, introduced me to oh, you yeah. or basically set up a play date. You know, <laughs> a literally I get a random text in the middle of my day, work day. Hey, my friend Anthony is playing the Shadow Lounge tonight. You better go. Oh, <laughs> oh, Chris is so great. Yeah, yeah he is. He really okay. is. And uh, so I did. And he was just like, trust me, you're going to so be into this guy. You're on the same wavelength. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, just also that that the, a lot of your humor does come from. I don't know, tragedy, awfulness, trauma. Yeah. Trauma? yeah, a lot of severe trauma. trauma. Of Absolute yeah. trauma. trauma, yes. I, yeah. yeah, not not all of it, but, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a decent amount of it. Um but I think that that's also different, and you know, in case people are, are listening that don't know who I am, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about like edgy, offensive, racist comedy, yeah. or like the thing, you know, the thing that's kind of happening now in in stand up, where people are kind of fighting for these terrible jokes. Uh, I, you know, I'm talking about like, um, like I, there's a song on the album about about. <laughs> it's called "Nice to Meet You." My mom has cancer, and <laughs> That That's it. That's was the whole thing. <laughs> it was a, a you know it's a, a real a real thing. It's not I'm not just making I am at no point making fun of people with cancer uh, or your mom or no, making fun no. of my mom for having it. It's it it happens to be just a song about a guy that just is always bringing it up at the wrong time <laughs> and just talking about it a lot. So <laughs> I tr- you know even when the stuff is dark, I try to make sure that. The butt of the joke is not, you know, the wrong. You're not punching of, down. 
Yes. No. Which I think is that's the thing, right? Is that there's that idea of comedy that this fight that is happening is there's this idea of comedy is that somehow comedy is you find some flaw in some other human being Mm -hmm. and you point that out to everybody who's not that human being and we can all have a good time yeah, or something like somehow that works. But, you know, because I was was listening to the album today to prep for this and I was thinking particularly about that track. (laughs) And also, though, it is like for me, the finding the humor in when you are going through something like that. And yeah. carrying a burden like that. Yeah. Isn't that the mental landscape? Yeah. Of, I agree. I agree. Don't you want to bring it up to the person at the grocery store? Yeah. Yeah. And and I didn't know how to uh I, I didn't really know how to um deal deal with it because it was also a lot of it was happening at the beginning of the pandemic. So I couldn't even go visit my mom, you know, and before the pandemic started, you know, I was still making a living performing and I was running shows and making money from that. So I was able to kind of help her out because she couldn't, she, you know, I mean, she, she wasn't able to work. So I was like, for the first time I was able to help her, but I was also, uh, far, far away. I couldn't see her. And so I was, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I just, I felt I I guess I needed to kind of get some of those things out and I was like, well, I'm doing shows all the time, so I guess I'll try to put it into my into my act. And so I just kind of was working on that and you know, it's pretty hit or miss. I think some crowds appreciated it. I think maybe some crowds depending on how I would get into it, I think maybe crowds didn't know if it was real or if I was just, you know, making trying to do edgy cancer jokes or something but and anthony did so he did this song at a storytelling event um and this is not the version that's on the album but it's it's available i think on the internet somewhere um (laughs) but it's it's so great because he he gives all of this backstory about how he got to this point writing this song and there's like a 9-11 joke in there which it's like (laughs) it's a while that it's it packs such a punch this this song in series of like yeah well things that we're not supposed to laugh about right like (laughs) 9-11 cancer your mom um okay but it's because uh because my mom's birthday is on september 11th and so in this story that i'm telling uh I'm talking about how the last time I saw her was that that year on her birthday. So we're in New York City on 9-11 and she didn't tell me that she had cancer. And then the big kind of punch in that part of the story is that I'm like, she, so, she, so there we are in New York City on 9-11 and she's not saying anything about her cancer because why spoil the day? And that's sort of what... Oh. <laughs> it's, and it's so dark but i think for anybody who also has trauma they're like yeah i can see the humor in that i have to see the humor in that yeah i mean i've been through that where you go through something and yeah you're just having like the most mundane experience, but it's there it's there yeah. it's there i i once went with a friend for hibachi <laughs> You know, it was one of those hibachi things, and we're, yeah. you know, and you're just like rando strangers around a table, <laughs> and we're having. And the guy did the onion volcano and everything. Like he did all the tricks. He fling, was flinging shrimp in people's mouths and all of it. <laughs> and sitting next to me was a woman and her. I found out sixth grade son, and she was like. We were, you know, and then the checks and we're just kind of like, now there's like no more need for small talk. It's time to zip up the jackets and get the fuck out of there. (laughs) And she goes, yeah, I figured I'd do this as a treat for him. One of his classmates committed suicide last week and we just came from the viewing. And it was just like, (laughs) or they forgot my to go as a dessert or something, you know, and it was just like, you didn't know, but like, who wants ice cream? Who wants ice cream? But, but aren't we all precarious? Aren't we all just on the edge of all the time, especially in this era? You know, it's like, I, I'm working on this sample chapter for this book I want to write. And I brought up like, you know, humor like this 
back when foodborne illnesses killed people in a pretty regular basis, it's no wonder that when Chaucer wrote the Canterbury Tales, the baker was the grossest ass yeah. person mm-hmm. in the whole. He was covered in boils <laughs> and pus. And he was the guy who made their food. And it's like, yeah, that's what you got to do sometimes to deal with this or to acknowledge. You just make the baker really gross. <laughs> we're all just maybe maybe we're all just where you're you're just chasing that joke yeah. in new context. And what a perfect for this weird, terrible era that we're living through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I I thought it would be a good because the. The songs were sounding darker anyway. And so I kind of took the opportunity to, with a few of the tracks, just kind of maybe lean into some of the darker material uh, content-wise as well. So, um, because I put out an album right before the pandemic um, called Cats Using Toilets, which you are familiar with. I am familiar with. But that was like, you know, the, overall it was a little more silly and fun. And um, and then I wrote like some pandemic songs. I did a pandemic album that sounded kind of fun, but was, uh, you know, pl- some of it was playful about the pandemic. Some of it was very dark. And then so, so then with this, I was like, okay, well, it's kind of, it's going to sound dark. And I, I have kind of an opportunity to do stuff that might not fit on an album that, because I, I kind of I already know what the next one is going to be, and it, it that stuff won't fit on it. It's not going to be dark like that. So I just kind of went went for it. Yeah, and the album sounds good. I mean, so you play all the instruments. I mean, there's it sounds like a full band. It sounds like a really good lost '90s record. <laughs> Thanks, mm-hmm. that I was, love. Yeah. That's what I was what I was going for. Um, I play almost everything on the album. Um, there's uh, on two songs on so on the on the opening track, let's all worship Satan. Uh, Ricky Wells plays uh, some some theremin. Uh, well, it's he has a theremin guitar pedal, so he's doing guitar parts, and it sounds it it, it sounds like a, a real theremin. Um, and he does synths on another song called uh, "The Meaning of Life." Ah, oh, that's right. Uh, but other than that, I do everything. Yeah, which I think is also—I mean, when I saw you that night at the Shadow Lounge, was you it was you and an acoustic guitar. Yeah. You know, I mean, and now you're electric, and yeah. it's someone shouting Judas, <laughs> like they did the Dylan Man or what? Oh yeah, the Dylan, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, the the uh, doing all the virtual shows kind of let me. It, it just gave me uh, sort of a reason to play around with my my setup, and so I have been doing uh, like a one man band kind of thing. I have these drum pads that are actually right in front of me now. Um, so I've been playing these virtual shows where I'm playing guitar and drums at the same time and then singing or, you know, some of these are, are kind of spoken word things with, with musical accompaniment. So I've been, I've been doing it like that. I didn't really write the songs to be easy to play that way. (laughs) So I, I have sort of had to learn how to play them all together or like in some cases I'll, I'll, I've, changed how hard some of the some of the parts are to to be able to play it all at once but um but that's been kind of cool you know just i think switching things up like that has made it less hard to deal with the the change of the last year and a half or whatever it's like i'm doing stuff that i i couldn't necessarily have done before especially in comedy clubs comedy clubs are not set up for me to do any of this tech-wise um, music venues, I, 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 I'm able to to do this kind of thing. But um, it's been a kind of a nice excuse to to kind of switch things up and and not feel like I'm doing a, a lesser version of what I used to do because it's just everything is different. 
So, and you were for a while there. I mean, you were on the road for about a better part of a year once. Yeah. Last time I remember. Yeah. 2019, I was on the road for 10 months pretty consistently. I think I had, there were maybe two two breaks. I was home for like a week. And then I was home for two weeks at one point. So it would be like, you know, I'd go out for a few months and come back for a week and then go out for a few months and come back for two weeks. And then, um, so yeah, so it, it was basically a year. And then, so a year on tour almost, and then a year and a half at home. <laughs> so it was <laughs> a little strange to have such different years back to back. Yeah. And so what, do you have a re-entry plan? No, I, <laughs> I don't. I mean, now we're vaccinated, so there are options in theory. Um, but it's something that I've been kind of almost dreading because all the momentum I had is gone, you know? Yeah. So uh, in, in that kind of, in the touring world, trying to like set that up again um, would be, would be as hard as it was to set it up the first time. <laughs> it, I, I was hoping that that would kind of get easier, but um, but then there's like a new kind of momentum because you know with like Digital Slumber Party, we have this uh, this regular kind of fan base, and and you know they've also they're interested in my album and stuff too. Like they've been buying the album and they're streaming all my. They've been streaming the hell out of my my Spotify song, uh, which is the the song is just telling telling people to play it on repeat, uh, and bed. they're doing it. Yeah. So oh, wow. so on the one hand, I've I've lost the momentum that I had doing li- actual live performances to some extent, but now I've found an audience that is kind of spread out all over the place. That is my audience you know they come to the shows and they know who i am and they know what to expect which is totally different because on tour i was headlining these shows and it was like i don't even really know why people i don't know how they even <laughs> got the, like they didn't know who i was so i'm headlining this show and they're like oh it's the show we'll, we'll we'll see a show and they didn't know who i was or what i did and sometimes you could tell that they were expecting a different kind of act so it's uh-huh. kind of nice to now have um, an audience that comes knowing what to expect uh, and knowing who I am. So, so I I don't have necessarily a, a plan. I know that I'll have to start doing in person shows again, but uh, I don't I don't have a plan for it. Yeah, it's such. Oh. An, oh, sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say it was just a weird time. That was that was as smart as I was gonna get at that moment. <laughs> and, well, I, I mean, it is a weird time. And like, I think the landscape of just performance art in general has changed so much. So like, you know, um, because Anthony's from New York, keeps up on all the closings of all of like those really iconic comedy clubs, and it's it's wild. Um, and in Denver, you know, stuff has been closing and I do theater and so like watching a lot of these small performance spaces close is it's really sad but it's also like well maybe those will be new opportunities for people who will be a little bit more mindful of the kind of art that they're doing and the kind of people that they work with and so I mean that's like the only thing that I am like fingers crossed maybe it'll come back and it'll just be better than it was but who knows maybe it might not come back at all yeah no i had that thought i mean yeah because we had the same thing and we're going through a kind of a weird rapid gentrification thing here in pittsburgh and so there was this wonderful diy space that was a theater theater that could show small movies and it was a performance space and then in the uh, that was on the second floor and then on the the lower floor was a punk venue in a garage and these artist spaces and workshop these spaces for people who did craft for a living and that building got sold to a developer 
Uh, you know, when and we thought it was at an ungentrifiable spot. Yeah. That sucks. That's yeah. And so that yeah, there is that thought. I mean, you do feel like what have I done? Where have I been for the last time already? Yeah. Absolutely. You yeah. know. And not even know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's stuff that I knew in New York that, that closed, like, I mean, Dangerfields is a pretty legendary, <coughs> uh, legendary comedy club that is now closed, but, you know, tour, having toured, I sort of know places all over the country, you know, like in Pittsburgh, uh, Hambones is gone, right? Yeah. Hambones is gone. Shadow Lounge was gone long before. Sh- yeah. 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 Um, and just, so just stuff all over, like there was a really, really great record store in Seattle that I went to when I was on tour that had, they had like half a million records there. It's like the, one of the best record stores I've ever been to. And then I saw, uh, I mean, within the first like four months of the pandemic, the record store closed. And so it's just seeing stuff like that happening all over, like, I was on tour in 2019 and I was like, oh, this is great. I know where all the cool stuff is all over the country. And some of that was like the first and last time that I will get to, to go there. You know, if I go on tour again, half that stuff is, is gone. Places that I ate and record stores and venues, just just gone. So who knows what it will be like uh, now that stuff is opening again. We at least voted for a mayor here in, in Pittsburgh to to stop gentrification. <laughs> to literally said we will pump the brakes on this and affordable housing and small businesses will be a thing and and so That's hopefully. Great. Yeah, so hopefully, but yeah, who knows. Would it be possible? You said you have the setup, and I believe you have an audio interface on the couch next to you. Would it? Dude. Would it be possible to to sample? Yeah, what, th- what? sample of something from. Yeah, do you have um, you have one in, in mind? Because I I just on Friday when it came out, I played the whole thing, uh, for an audience. So oh man, I should be able to play any of them. Oh boy, uh, maybe. Uh, well, you know I. Uh, Oh, boy. <laughs> well, you know, the theme for our conversation would be the future is now. Oh. You know? Yeah, but me meaning of life, let's all worship Satan. There's a lot of great songs on here. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. I think, well, the meaning of life might be actually more fun because I sing it rather than... As a spoken. Sounds good. I've been talking for the whole time. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, that's not a... And then we'll go to the bottom five after. Oh, and there's drums. There really is drums, people. Oh. That's not a kick drum. The. Uh... There we go. The cat must have switched all the. That's the knobs. Great. <laughs> All right, so here is uh, the the meaning of life. Rhetorical question, hypothetically, and what is the meaning of life? Tell me yes or no. That was a trick question, or was it? I don't know. I don't have all the answers now. How could I when I don't even have all the questions? Ironically, I complain. That I do not get sarcasm Isn't that just great? I want to be a positive person But that seems so unlikely Sometimes I think my mind is playing tricks on me Therefore I'm always right People say that happiness is a choice 
Just don't remember The future's running late This trip down memory lane Is taking us forever I always hear people say That money can't buy happiness but what if I paid them all Maybe then they finally shut up about it Nothing would make me happier Don't bother to explain It'll just go in one ear and right out the other I don't know anything But I think therefore I am Or well at least I think so so totally vain I probably think this song is about me Even though it's vague But enough about Carly Simon Let's talk about me Thank you <laughs> That is fantastic So fun So fun Oh an extra kick yeah <laughs> well lovely souffle of like stephen wright andrew jackson jihad king missile yeah it's great oh, so great um before we get to the bottom five i guess we should do the rundown where do we get all these things i'll be posting links oh yeah how do we find out about all of your things <laughs> how do we get all the things so uh digital slumber party we we host uh every monday at 10 p.m eastern uh is that right 10 p.m eastern yeah and 8 yeah 8 p.m for us 7 7 p.m pacific right yeah and uh so that's on twitch.tv slash comedy hub uh or um i mean i guess you'd have to ask us uh one of us for the zoom link as if we do that publicly we'll get racist zoom bombers um so that's that's every week we do that and um and then i can't believe it's not better is uh it's on my website uh my band camp which is uh music.anthonycapfer.com and just uh today it is now available everywhere that you stream music and itunes and all that and including the particular streaming service that has robbed you blind yes robs everybody blind <laughs> but also you have the fan club on Bandcamp too i do yeah i keep forgetting to uh to, to push that um yeah so i i just started a uh subscriber kind of thing and so if you um because I, I put all the albums on there they're they're all pay what you want technically free no minimums and stuff like that so um but i thought it would be kind of fun to do a subscription thing where if people want to uh send you know subscribe to me monthly uh i have two tiers of subscribers so the the lower tier you get, you know, just kind of digital uh, extras, demos and B-sides and live recordings and, and stuff like that uh, every month. And then the, the higher tier, you get physical merchandise. Like I, I have, I know this is audio, but I'll show you since you can see me. Uh, I have this uh, very limited edition seven inch record that has four of the tracks. Oh! And so, so some of the subscribers will get will get that. I'm get, you know I'm doing first dibs uh, uh, for the subscribers on 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 those uh, records. There's only 25. Ooh. So and then other stuff like my my book and um, some cassettes of uh, cats using toilets and 
and some um, some collage art. I'm going to be making some some art, and so people will get physical things every month. That that's the twenty five dollar uh, tier, and the five dollar one is uh, the digital downloads. And also, I will say, Cats Using Toilets on Cassette is still available at Pleasant Dreams Records in Pittsburgh. So you're in one record oh, store. So. That's, because it, that's because it came out two weeks before the pandemic. Yes, and I <laughs> delivered it right before they closed. Um, but all right. So I think it's now time for the bottom five. Are we right, ready for the it. bottom five? Uh, yeah. Bottom five, a series of questions not related to our main topic that are of a surrealistic and or philosophical nature. And again, the rules are added bonuses to both live together too. So I've, I've picked a particular question that, that helps with that or that is necessary for that. Uh, so you have to agree on an answer, the both of you, Anthony okay. Amber. Um, okay. And you have to talk it out on the hot mic. So we get to kind of get the psychology of the... Uh, of the digital slumber party brain trust. <laughs> See how this works. Yeah. All, right. All right. Question one. And it's the question everybody gets the first time they're on the podcast. If reincarnation is real and you had to come back as an infectious disease or illness, what kind of disease or illness would you be? Hmm. What um, kind? You mean like, yeah, what kind? How specific, or just are we saying bacterial or viral, or you want to get specific? I get specific. I mean, you know, people have gone, given us the common cold, syphilis, okay. um, gut oh. bacteria. Mm. Oh, these are all so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we got to talk it out. Uh, I guess I don't, I don't know en enough about... Um, illness yeah. and what i do know is that uh right now <laughs> covid seems to be very uh contagious yes so it, covid so, is so hot right now it's very yeah it's that trendy. covid is so hot it's it's all the rage uh but i don't know i mean because it's it's one of the most easily transmittable but then yeah. once it's transmitted i don't know if it's like if it has a lifespan that is long enough to yeah that's a good so i think like what it well if if like what is the purpose of like that like a bacteria or a yeah and i'm sorry matthew will you please repeat that question one more time for me sure sure it's so if reincarnation is real and you had to come back as an infectious disease or illness what kind of disease or illness would you be? Because, like, I would expect that if you're an infectious disease, like, the end goal would be to infect the most amount of people without killing people so that you could continue to infect people so that you don't. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You don't die or you don't make yourself obsolete. Hmm. So, right. so, like, a herpes or something like that, that is kind of. Yeah. I, I like the idea of it also being a sexually transmitted disease. I don't know why. I I just like the idea of dampening. It's born of pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Non-fatal. Yeah. It's pleasure it's and popular. Pain. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. It sticks You'll definitely, around. Somebody, there's always enough people who are going to get it. So. So what? I, are, we, are, we, are we landing on, on uh, herpes for this? And I like herpes because, well, because, you know, it's like you just get flare ups, apparently. Like, it's yeah. not something that you have to live with forever. So herpes will be around forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because people fuck. And also. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, can other animals get it? Like, do, has there been dogs that have it? Stuff like that? Herpes? I'm not up on my dog STDs. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Or if it's transmittable from people, I don't know. I was just yeah. trying to think, it, like, if humans don't exist, will will it still be able to, like, in chimps or something? Oh, so mm. like, um, like COVID or like the avian flu yeah. or something. Yeah, that kind of species jump. I don't know. That's a good question. That I mean. I like the sexually transmitted part, but I also, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you're thinking about <laughs> the eventual demise of 
humans as a race. Yeah. Yeah. As a species. Yeah. Good times. Which <laughs> actually maybe is a good segue into question two, which is out of all of the possible ways to die, what is the way you least want to die? I think it's being buried alive. I think we've had this oh, conversation yeah. before. Oh, yeah. Buried alive. Yeah. I was going to say plane crash because uh, that's also bad. But oh. buried alive, I think, would. Buried alive what? takes a couple hours. Yeah. It could take a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plane crash, 30 seconds tops. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I used to I used to be terrified as a kid. I don't know what was happening in the in the early 90s. There was always something on TV, some like some news story about people getting buried alive and I so every night before I went to bed, I was afraid that I was going to wake up buried alive. For years, I was terrified of this. I feel like it was in a lot of 90s movies, like similar to how like Quicksand was in a lot of children's shows. In yes, 90s. in the 80s. Yeah. 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 And it's you the idea Quicksand of like, would be like a big part of our adult yeah, lives. Yeah. yeah. We have to learn how to navigate and not fall into a vat of quicksand. But it, I don't <laughs> actually even know if quicksand really exists, honestly. I don't know. Either. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, plane crashes are, that's a scary one, but I think, I mean, I think, for me, I, yeah. I think it's buried alive. Yeah. I think you're right. I'm going to agree. All right. Question three, name a film world you would like to visit or live in permanently. Like if you could like Gumby your way into a DVD box, mm. what movie would you like to live in or at least visit on vacation? I mean, I think I think I'm going Wayne's World. I knew you were gonna do Wayne's World. I feel like I would want to do Lord of the Rings. Oh, ooh, those are, that's, those are pretty far apart. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. the compromise film there is. Yeah, the, <laughs> what? why don't well, we meet in the middle? Films. Yeah, yeah, and why don't we meet in the middle? We'll just do Shrek. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Okay, I guess. No, we would... don't have to do it. I just figure it's Mike Myers and it's got Mike Myers. Yeah, and beautiful landscapes. Yes. Beautiful CGI landscapes. I I'm not as into I, I got nothing against Lord of the Rings, but it does not it doesn't speak to me the same way. There's no donuts in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Let's face it. Donuts and cars? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now There's no queen I, in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's actually the, the, the Slovenian Marxist philosopher Slavo Žižek says that Shrek is the exemplar of contemporary ideology. Like we, we actually already are all living in Shrek. <laughs> He's got a page in me. one of his books yeah. that says yeah. we are already living in Shrek. I love that. That's very fun. <laughs> so is that is that where we're going with? Are we going with well, Shrek? I, we don't have to go with Shrek, but look at what color I'm wearing. Yeah, I, I I am already there. I I think it's it's probably the closest we're going to get to a, a compromise of those two movies. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> All right. Question four, and this this is the one I picked since you live together. Is there anything in your home that you are afraid of? Uh, our cat. Uh one hundred percent our cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, she's the she, yeah. She's just mean. That's all. Oh, you have a mean cat. But aren't they all? Yeah, I lived with the revenge pee cat for eighteen years. So <laughs> that I was deeply allergic to. So I understand. I was allergic my whole life, and I don't know how I somehow I have uh, I've beat it. It's the thin air in Denver. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cat dander things just can't float up to yeah up to, like, up to human level, you know. <laughs> it just dissipates immediately. <laughs> there has been recently, and it's very recently, I only heard it on Friday, but there's something I think maybe stuck in our walls, like a small animal that's stuck in our walls. It's scratching, so it feels very like 
we're living in an Edgar Allan Poe poem right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that's, that's a little scary. And I have had um, in this apartment before Anthony moved in um, animals that have gotten stuck in the ceiling and have died. So it's like the phantom decomposition smell. You don't know where it's coming from. So that's all. That's also, it's very scary to like, be like it's coming from the closet. I have to empty the closet to figure out where it is. But then you empty the closet and it's not. It's going to be a dead rat summer. (laughs) 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 So that's the only other scary thing I think in our apartment. Otherwise, it's definitely the cat. (laughs) Okay. Last question, number five. And I'll just start with the caveat. You can't say Trump. Everybody said Trump. (laughs) So no Trump. But okay. of the living villains of history, whose obituary would you most like to write? <laughs> this is the Christopher Hitchens question. He says this in mortality when he realized he had cancer. He said that one of his first thoughts was he was so looking forward to seeing Henry Kissinger's obituary. In the- <laughs> and also Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict's obituary. And then he said, wait, I wanted to write those. <laughs> And both oh, those dudes are still alive and Hitchens is gone. So this could be, so this question could also be like that you could, somebody who's the Faust story, or mm-hmm. it could be just the gleeful takedown of someone's life and legacy. It could be the either way. You could write it sympathetically. Like how did they turn evil? When were they human? When was the last day they were human? Or okay. it could be, you know, gleeful, you know, and, and, and the witch is dead. But it's someone who is, Currently alive, alive with us right now in in June 2021. Uh, and someone that is a villain, not not like a personal, not like a spiteful personal vendetta, like a like a well known uh, villain. Well, if it's so many people know, you know, <laughs> do you have on the ground knowledge? <laughs> there, there's some, there's some people. I mean, yeah. I didn't write, I didn't write that. I want to kill you song just out of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but let's see uh i guess if we were doing famous like a well-known and we can't do trump maybe i would say maybe uh lindsey graham might be nice or uh mitch mcconnell who's the guy who looks like um nosferatu (laughs) One of Stephen. Oh, uh, Stephen Bannon. 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 Cohen. Oh no, his name's Stephen. I don't even know. He must. He's off the table because I don't even know his name. So I can't gleefully write his obituary that well. Or I could also. So I got the
And but so, huh? I think that we are tacked on to the show before us, which is um, a yeah. show that they have with Judah Freelander. So yeah, chirping people are bird. looking for that. We're at the very end. Of that. Yeah, where you, uh, it's not always, but a lot of times they don't switch over to a new uh, stream for, for our thing. Um, but, uh, but we are kind of looking into turning it into something that is archived a little better, you know, maybe portions of it being on YouTube or like the interviews being a podcast or something like that. So, oh, very cool. so that's something that we're sort of working on because they've all been recorded and they still all exist, um, privately. So I just have to get it. I just have to get the files. Cool. Very cool. And the album, I can't believe it's not better. Bandcamp, that particular streaming service that robs everyone blind. <laughs> and the other one that also that legalized uh -huh. piracy, I guess. Yeah, they all, it's, yes. it's on all of them. And they all they all steal money from artists. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is so, maybe okay that I wasn't picking on Spotify specifically in the title, but it was mostly because Spotify would not allow me to name it that and also <laughs> release it. <laughs> oh my, what an era. <laughs> what an era. Um, but and yeah, and I'll have links to all this on the website. And so I think that's about it. Yeah. Our next episode will eventually happen and it'll be about something with some people. Uh, <laughs> so, who knows? This, this yeah, could be the most out. recent episode until the Christmas special. Who knows? Um, Eric, but, happy holidays, everyone. Yes, happy holidays, just in case. Uh, our homepage where you can find new and old episodes is gonna diepodcast.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Play Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast Addict. And if I remember, I will upload this to Mixcloud, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> but there is a Gonna Die Podcast Mixcloud page, so you can listen there to oh, some yeah. episodes. Um, follow us on Twitter at, at Gonna Die Podcast. And We're All Gonna Die is on Facebook. Ooh. <laughs> Special thanks. I, we used to be on Google+. Plus. That was... My oh, favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Special thanks to Andrew Fox for our lovely theme music and thanks to our guests. Anthony oh, Capper. You. Amber Irish. Thank you so Penny. much for doing this. Thank you. This was so much fun. It's so much fun chatting with you. Yeah, yeah, I had a good time. Later, it's mates. Like it's like we're hanging out, but it's also content. Yeah. You gotta yeah. make the content. <laughs>